0: building and growing quite well during the accelerator. At the same time as we were sort of uh, going towards a demo day for the accelerator, we were approached by Outbound Works. So during Dreamforce, I had a beer with um, Outbound Works founder or one of, one of their founders, Ben, and we were talking about our different strategies and goals for our companies uh, and we realized that we were essentially trying to achieve the same thing.
1: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Anders Fredrickson. He's got 15 years of startup experience as founder, CEO, or CTO. He's most recently founded and is the CEO of Leads, which was acquired by Outbound Works in a seven-figures cash deal plus stock just recently. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Anders, you ready to take us to the top? Sure. All right. So you have a history of acquisitions. You were a CTO at a at rival guys, which, which sold a lonely planet founder and CEO at table finder, which was acquired by visit. You've done the acquisition thing a couple of times. So when did the acquisition of pro leads happen with Outbound works?
0: Um, so that was in 2000...
1: 18. 2018, 2018. Yeah. And, um, yeah. give us a sense of, uh, like from a timeline perspective, when did you launch the company? So how many years uh, up to the sale?
0: Yeah, so the first initial launch of what eventually became ProLeads, so that was in two thousand and ten. So eight years of struggling, yeah, <laughs> Up, ups and downs and yeah, all that, all that.
1: Well, and, and I enjoyed it. I mean, you came back on. Check this out. You were one of my early ones. January third, twenty seventeen. You were on the show. At that time, yeah. you had communicated to about five or about a hundred customers. Paying one hundred fifty dollars per month on average for about one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year in revenue. That was twenty seventeen, so beginning twenty seventeen. So, so let's first start off with product. So, for people that missed that interview, help us understand what the product, the Proleads product, did. Oof, this is,
0: I'm, I'm a bit rusty now on my on my product pitch, but essentially it was uh, automated sales development. So the the product allowed you to um, personalize emails at scale. Um, for, for the purpose of B2B sales. If you're going out, you know, you're every every B2B company, they want to do some sales, then they're going to hire some sales development reps, um, essentially, and those reps need tools to be able to do their jobs, and we were one of those tools.
1: Yep. So let's finish that story up to right before the acquisition. So starting off, well, finishing 2017, about $200,000 in ARR. Where'd you finish 2017 at?
0: I don't remember, to be honest, like the exact. It it wasn't a It wasn't it wasn't incredible growth in terms of revenue because we had um, a major problem, which was part of the decision to sell. Actually, mm-hmm. so um, the way I like to describe it is that we developed this sort of imagine that we built this uh, perfect race car um, that was like you know race tuned Ferrari that was perfect for driving on the track. Um, but the problem is that we were selling it to people that just got their driver's license and couldn't really, didn't really know how to drive that product. Um, so that was like one of the main reasons why we wanted to um, see what we can do. And and maybe uh, I'm not sure. Do you do you want me to go into that right now? With
1: the- well, I wanna I wanna understand what you mean. then when you say not good growth, I mean it might not be good to you, but if that's all relative to, to you. And obviously, you have a massive audience. So yeah. when you say not good growth, I mean, did you finish 2017 maybe flat year over year? Or
0: I I think it was it was flat, or maybe just a little bit up. And it was like the the biggest problem that we had was churn.
1: Yeah. Um, How big was it? So, what was like gross revenue churn annually? Um, it was bad. It was like
0: over. I think over. Over the whole year, maybe like fifty percent of the customers we sold to churn. So, like, like terrible. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So it, it was a. There was a lot of problems with the product itself. Um, it wasn't. So it it wasn't the problem with what with what it solved because it solved a real problem and it solved that problem really well. The the problem was sort of in between there where um, how do you get your customers and your users to use the product in the way that, that it solves their problem? Um, and we were not really great at doing that. We so right right before the acquisition, we actually sort of revamped the whole company. Uh, rebranded it as hexa. Um, we brought on a new co-founder and we also actually made a, a small acquisition uh, in that in that process. I'm happy to dive into that more.
1: Yeah, want. so let's so let's dive into that. So this would have this was mid 2018.
0: No 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 so this was uh, this was actually when was our interview again in in
1: January 2017?
0: Yeah, so this was in 2017. So, sort of in the in the summer that year, we um, did a little bit of restructuring. We got a new co-founder on board as well, as uh, named Brendan Short. Those were really good, a good choice for us. Um, and we made an acquisition of a company called Brisk, or an asset purchase, I should say. And so that was a
1: what a, asset were you purchasing?
0: So we purchased, uh, um, all the assets from a company called brisk. Uh,
1: what was the revenue that they were doing at the time?
0: Uh, they had essentially shut down the company and we bought the technology. Uh, okay. so I don't have those numbers.
1: What did you buy the technology for?
0: Uh, it was in a six-figure deal, um, okay. six figure deal.
1: Okay. So call it hundred grand if maybe 300 yeah. grand, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And why'd you pay that much for technology?
0: Um, because it was something that we wanted to build ourselves, but this could this really short, short our path to um, to having to build instead of having to build that platform ourselves, we got the technology. So it was a yeah it, the technology that required it was a very advanced browser extension, and it also came with a bunch of customers that we could um, continue to sell to. Um, How many? It. I think it was around twenty or so.
1: Okay, and are you talking about it's B R I S K? Yes. Okay, got it. And what did the extension do?
0: Um, so it was a. Uh, how should I explain this? Uh, so it was a connected connected to Salesforce and helped the the sales reps directly interact better with their Salesforce. As well as do a bunch of automation on uh, on other websites that, that they were on, um, which is why we wanted to have it. So previously we had been this you know one platform that just did one thing, like we just we're just talking about the um, uh, you know personalization of emails and so on. But now we, sorry, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, it froze up a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we, we were talking a lot about how, um, one second, we just need to move this.
1: Yeah, under sorry, just, just, sorry, just so we, because yeah. we, we have a short amount of time here. So 2017, 200K ARR, somewhere you bring in the new co-founder, you spent 100 grand to 300 grand to acquire a Chrome extension that connected to Salesforce. How much did that impact your cash balance in, in, in the bank at the time? I mean, was that a significant portion of what you had left?
0: Um, so we actually did an, an additional fundraise at that point. So we How much? joined the So we joined the Alchemist Accelerator, and we got in an extra, I think it was 150, 200, something like that. I can't remember exactly the exact numbers. Um, so, and But we got into the Alchemist Accelerator, uh, which is a prominent B2B accelerator, and that's what we... Uh, Focused a lot of the development, and we had a lot of good growth.
1: So, growth. Sandra, just sorry, just to be clear, when you did the acquisition and you spent 100 grand or 300 grand, about what percent of your total cash on hand was spent on that acquisition? Fifty percent, 100 percent?
0: Um, it was not. No, we didn't spend a lot of cash on that. There was a lot of uh, a lot of the investment was made with with uh, stock
1: as well. Okay. Got it. So of the low six figure deal is how you described it. How much of it was actually cash?
0: Um, I think it was, I don't know if that's a number is actually official though, but uh, I would say maybe, maybe in the 25 to 50 range.
1: Okay, because what I'm trying to backtrack here is prior to in 2017, early 2017, you told me you'd raised 500 grand, you mm-hmm. enter the accelerator, you raise an additional 150, right? So you have $650,000 that you'd raised at yeah. that point.
0: But So I told you 500 then? Yeah, so we had raised, we raised a total of 880 or 900 or so for, for total for leads.
1: Okay. Fair enough. So, so you raise the capital, you do the acquisition summer 2017, yeah. you bring on a co-founder. Uh, yeah. let's keep going forward here up to the acquisition. So the, the, the brisk.io acquisition just not work. What happened?
0: No, no, no. So that, that worked well. And we, and we were building and growing quite well during the accelerator at the same time as we were sort of, uh, Going towards a demo day for the accelerator, we were approached by Outbound Works. So during Dreamforce, I had a beer with um, Outbound Works founder, or one of one of their founders, Ben, and we were talking about our different strategies and goals for our companies. Uh, and we realized that we were essentially trying to achieve the same thing, which is automating sales development. They had taken a, a slightly different approach from this, where they were attacking it from a, a services perspective and we attacked it from a technology perspective. So there and then we decided that, okay, let's try and make a, a acquisition work. And then we- Are started. you
1: talking about Ben McCarthy?
0: No, uh, Ben Sardella. Okay, got it. Yeah.
1: Got so, it. S- sale, so there's a site called salesforceben.com, which they're big fans of you. His name is Ben McCarthy. So this is a different Ben. You're talking about yeah, Outbound yeah. Works, Ben. Yeah, so Ben Sardella. He's a big- He was, yeah, he's a big guy in the sales uh, sales community. So, what happened after the beer?
0: So, yeah, lo- lots of negotiations, and you know, I thought at that point that oh no, this is just going to be a quick one. But you know, we were obviously focusing a lot because we were uh, on the accelerator as well because we had demo day coming. Um, so we were talking with the investors, and we had a lot of invest- good investor conversations. Um, eventually, we decided that the best chance for ourselves for a good outcome in the end would be to join forces with Outbound Works instead of raising the capital and running on our own. Okay. Uh, so it was about three and a half months of negotiations back and forth. But um, we negotiated price and, you know, the future of what, how it would happen and, and, and all those things.
1: Okay. So how did you, at that point up to the acquisition, your combined business, your old business plus the Bristad acquisition, you were still doing about $200,000 per year in revenue? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, no, no, I don't know. so not, yeah, sure. I mean, is that, what was your revenue up, up to the acquisition? I don't remember that right now. You don't remember how much your company was doing right before you sold it, which was literally between 12 and 24 months ago. I feel like that's a number that you would know, like the back of your hand.
0: Uh, actually, no, it's been a lot of water under the bridge since then. I don't remember. It was early 2018 that we sold. Okay. is in, in February 2018. So
1: okay, time. well, if you were flat in 2017 and you said you started 2017 with about $200,000 in ARR, you were somewhere in that $200,000 range. Yeah. So how That's did right. you have the acquisition talks? I mean, was it based off a revenue multiple or some other factor?
0: Oh, wait, what did you say? 200000 was that monthly or yearly? So we were...
1: You told me when you came on uh, in January January 3rd of 2017 that you had 100 customers paying on average $150 per month, which would put you at $180,000 in ARR, annual revenue, at the beginning of 2017. You told me earlier you were flat in 2017. So if you were flat, that means you were still doing about $180,000 per year in terms of run rate at the end of the year. Is that accurate?
0: That does sound very low, though.
1: Um,
0: so we were, we were on... We were closer to a million ARR. We were not. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I should have prepared a little bit better for this. Um, let's just say that we were somewhere in the two hundred
1: to $500,000 ARR. Fair enough. A- ARR, not monthly revenue. ARR, annual revenue. ARR, yes. Yeah, which means you were doing between 160000 a month and maybe 300000 a month, something like that. Sorry, sorry. No. not, not that much. Sorry. Yeah. You were, you were doing $200,000 per year or, or up to $500,000 per year, which would have been something between call it, to, you know,
0: 40 like K per month.
1: Yeah. 20 to 50 K per month, something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, but my point in asking that question is what was the acquisition tied to? Was it a traditional kind of revenue multiple or something different? <laughs>
0: Um, uh, yeah, not a revenue. It was more because we were sort of talking with, because we were talking with investors, it was more that so like, okay, we have this in the one hand we have, like, we have the uh, investment from investors in the one hand and we have the acquisition in the other. Like how, where do we get the
1: best, uh, best bang for the buck? Got it. So did you end up selling for more or less than the capital you raised about $900,000? More. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, like significant, like two x uh, three X more than that, or it was about flat, like you got your investors' money back.
0: Um, so we had a, so most of it, it was, I would, I can't say the exact amount, but it was more than two X the amount.
1: Got it. So the total deal price was more than two X that call it 900,000 you raised. So call it two, you know, 1.8 million, but obviously, in a deal like that, you have some cash, some earn out, some stock. I assume you had that kind of split, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it was mostly cash, but there was also stock. Okay. Got it. Of the total deal price, are we talking like 50, 50? Like how much was stock versus cash? Would you say? I can't, I'm not allowed to say that. Sorry. Okay. But, but was it more stock or more cash? You're saying it was more cash up front. There were the, the minority piece of that was stock. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Got it. So then fast forward to post acquisition. So you sell the company, uh, they buy you, by the way, they're not a massive company either. Right. I mean, so they had raised $3 million right up to that point. Um, they're also now have exited as well. We'll get to that in a second, but what, what did you do post acquisition? Do you stick around?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I stuck around, I became head of product at the company. Um, we started developing this, you know, the, uh, instead of the, the Ferrari that we sold to the people with their license. Now we had uh, professional in-house drivers that were driving the technology instead. And, but eventually we learned a lot of things from there as well. Um, but I think that's another, another podcast though, going, going into all those lessons learned. But
1: so did that, you stay at outbound works up through the acquisition when they sold in October, 2019? Yes. Okay. And then did you stick with, uh, who bought, who bought them?
0: So that's not official. Uh, it's, it's an announcement that is pending right now. I
1: asked them before, before this if I
0: could go out with the name, but I wasn't allowed to.
1: Um, so we'll. Uh, but, uh, OK, I'm on Ben, the founder of OutboundWorks LinkedIn profile right now. It says acquired October 2019. Mm-hmm. So they're happy to make it public that they've been acquired, but they don't want people to know who acquired them
0: there's a pre- pending press release that is being uh, negotiated or whatever right now. I I just talked with them like right before this about because I I knew that question would come and I'm sorry I wasn't allowed to say
1: why did Ben not stick with outbound works post acquisition that hasn't been announced yet.
0: Sorry? Why did Ben
1: not stick He's currently CEO at Revshop.
0: Yeah. So it was an yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only person that stayed that stayed on full time. Why? Um, because from a um, it's a longer conversation, but from a technology perspective, um, that's this new product that we're developing that makes a lot more sense within this new um, owner um, I'm, I was the, I'm the one building that.
1: Okay. So the deal price that the new owner paid was contingent upon you, the technical lead staying with the company to turn just in the tech and keep building the product. Yes. I see. Okay. And how does that make you feel though, that the guy that acquired you then sells his company, he leaves. And now you're the guy that's got to stick around and sweat it out with the new company.
0: No, I'm, for me, it actually worked out pretty good. Um, I get to still work on something that I'm I'm passionate on. I get to help a new uh, a new business in this space, or not new business, but um, help a, a good business in this space. And yeah, I, I think it's pretty good.
1: Very good. So, so how? walk I me, mean, walk me through other founders, right? So you raised $900,000, you sell for something like you said, the deal price was maybe two X that, so call, it maybe $2 million, something you put your blood, sweat and tears into for, you know, many, many, many years. Many people would yep. say, oh, I'm not selling for two X. And after I pay back investors, 900 grand, there's only like, you know, a million left. And it's not even all cash up front, a lot of it's stock. So you're making, I don't know, I'm guessing here, you know, a hundred thousand, maybe in a good Cash position post taxes. I mean, why take the deal?
0: Yeah, no, There's um, there's a lot of desi- there's a lot of things that go into that type of decision. Um, I can definitely respect a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of those comments that you just made about like what, and I do see those um, those thoughts coming through from founders, and I definitely had them as well. Um, we made the decision based on the options that we had at the moment. We had an, we had an option to, um, to close our funding post-demo day with, uh, uh, with the Alchemist. And if we would have done that, it would have been another three to five years of grinding hard work um, with uncertain, uncertain outcome. Um, so that was like, and completely on our own. And then the second alternative was to join forces with uh, some of the top entrepreneurs in the space um, and like really really good people um, and you know learn from that and, and build a bigger business that hopefully would have had you know at the time we thought that that business would sell for way way more obviously um, so that would obviously weigh in as well. Mm. So I mean, we looked at what we had. We had, in the one hand, we had the you know couple of millions closed funding or couple of millions in um, as an acquisition, while we continued to build something that can be could be like a you know hundred million dollar company.
1: But then that company sold way faster than you expected for a price way lower than anybody wanted because Ben's not with it anymore. So I assume it was not a it obviously wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. 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 Well, look, I mean, obviously not. Is, yeah. No, I'm just going to say, I mean, these are the hard, I'm asking these questions because you're, this is information that most people won't talk about, but it actually is reality for most people. This is actually what happens in most cases uh, that we never hear about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Anders. Very good. Let's wrap up here with the fame. By the way, when does the, do you know when the announcement is going to be made of who you're now working with?
0: It's like any week. Okay. um, Any
1: week now. Okay. Very good. Well, we will actively look for that. In the meantime, let's wrap up. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, what is it called? The lean startup. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? I would have. To Give me a DevOps tool. Um, well, GitHub Circle CI. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, at least eight. And situation: married, single, kids.
0: Uh, married with a my first kid arriving
1: in three days. Ooh, very wow! Very exciting. I, I, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I got you for a podcast interview three days before your first kid. I love that. And yeah. uh, you must be what thirty nine now? Forty? Forty? Yeah, forty. Very good. All right. Last question: What do you wish your twenty year old self knew?
0: Focus on personal development
1: guys there you have it pro leads founded back many years ago call it 2014 uh, grew grew it to about uh, between two hundred and four hundred thousand dollars sorry $200 and 250 thousand dollars per month it's per year sorry in revenue then uh, in 2018 after beer at Dreamforce ended up selling that company for a cash plus stock deal to outbound works for something or call it between 1.5 and four-ish million dollars in that range uh, then put it in an outbound works that company was then acquired here recently uh, we don't know who acquired them but we know what happened and Anders is sticking on, though, in the meantime, uh, as he looks to scale in the space serving and helping sales teams get more leads, drive the race car better, make their demos go better, and uh, ideally close more bookings and revenue. Anders, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.